Hi, I'm Coleman Standifer from the Los Angeles Loyola, and this is Voices of the Newsroom. As the Israel-Hamas conflict continues in the Middle East, more and more young people look to social media to stay informed. But there can be fundamental issues with using social media as your primary source of news. I talked to Olivia Sylvester, Interim Assistant Managing Editor for the Loyola, who wrote the article, Do the Research, Seeking Media Accuracy During the Israel-Hamas Conflict. We talked about what she learned during her reporting, and I got her thoughts on what a smart approach to finding information online is. Here's our conversation. Social media is very different now. In many ways, it feels like a different platform from even five years ago, uh, not to mention the rise of TikTok. How has this new social media landscape changed the way people are getting their news uh, within the context of this conflict? I feel like whenever there's a big cultural shift or a geopolitical conflict, whatever it is, young people take to social media to learn about it, also to discuss it, also to try to make change sometimes. News is changing a lot because social media is used for entertainment as well as news. And so journalism and reporting becomes a little more complex when it is mixed with entertainment. For example, you, you go on to a social media site and you see something that has a lot of likes or it has a lot of views or maybe someone you look up to is posting it. And it's it becomes tricky for journalists when news gets mixed with entertainment because young people are increasingly relying on social media for their news. 20% of people reported they go to TikTok as a primary news source, and that's ages 18 to 24, which is kind of incredible when you think about it because TikTok being this just minefield of information that anyone can contribute to, young people are turning to that for their information about what's going on in the world. Can you give me some examples of social media showing misleading news coverage? I have seen these videos, especially on Twitter, X, and TikTok, violent graphic war imagery that just has no verification. There's really no way to know if it's true or not. And what we're finding is that an increasingly huge amount of what we're seeing on social media isn't accurate. For example, there was a group of 67 accounts on Twitter, now known as X, that were identified as spreading disinformation about to the conflict between Israel and Hamas. And this is just what they can identify. Like, that's just what they can confirm to definitely have been posted with the intention of deceiving viewers. For example, there's this deep fake video of Putin saying, if America does that, it will be World War III. And it has, like, incorrectly translated Russian. And this was just one of hundreds of posts that were identified as... um propaganda. There is a pretty stark pre and post Elon Musk Twitter. How has that changed the way people interact with news content on the platform Twitter? So Elon Musk bought Twitter for $44 billion. And what he said he wanted to do was he wanted to make the platform a virtual, what did he say? It was like a town square of thought. Digital Town Square, maybe. Yes, you're right. And Elon Musk is a self-described free speech absolutist. He disbanded 
what is known as the Trust and Safety Council, and this is a group of online safety advisors that are experts in their field, and they're what we would probably think of as fact checkers. And this has just really created a what what someone I interviewed described as a fertile space for misinformation and propaganda. Dr. Christopher Finley, he's an associate professor of communication studies here at LMU, and he was such an interesting source to, to talk to. He's really an expert in social media and communication studies. And he was uh, talking to me a lot about how the statistics tell us that the majority of people under the age of 30 do not read traditional journalism at all. And his opinion is that this is problematic beyond the Israel and Hamas conflict. It's not just that the misinformation is out there and that the propaganda is there. It's that it's actually being pushed to the forefront of user feeds. So I think that's very problematic. X does not seem to be the place to go for your news. Based on your reporting, where should people go? The most resounding answer that I found from the people I interviewed is not social media. It's interesting because on Instagram and TikTok, I followed a couple young female journalists who are on the ground in Gaza right now experiencing this conflict firsthand. And that, I think, is an example of social media just proving to be really powerful and not positive, but journalistic. I've learned a lot about just the, the specifics of what it would be like to live this conflict through people I'm following on social media. But I think if you're going to be doing that, use it as a jumping point for questions and turn to verified news sources for answers to those questions. Thank you, Olivia. That, that was great. Thank you so much. If you would like to learn more about this subject, visit our website at laloyolan.com to read Olivia's article, or check the show notes for a link. We'll be back next week with another episode, but if you'd like more Loyolan before then, like us on Facebook and follow us on X and Instagram at LALoyolan. The Voices of the Newsroom is a Los Angeles Loyolan audio production. Opinions and ideas expressed in this podcast are those of individual student content creators and are not those of Loyola Marymount University, its board of trustees, or its student body. This episode was produced by Coleman Stanifer, Loyolan Audio Intern, with support from Loyolan Interim Assistant Managing Editor Olivia Sylvester and Assistant Director of Student Media Kevin O'Keefe. Feedback about this episode can be submitted to Loyolan Editor-in-Chief Amy Carlisle at editor at Thank you, and we'll see you next week.